We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date. Detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply. Here we go. It is our number three of the G-Bag Nation on 105 Through the Fans. Sorry, I was a little confused there. Time flies when you're having fun. Woo! By the way, biggest L, biggest dub. We're going to get our Bills guest on here in, in 20 seconds. My haircut. It, it's so bad. I don't know if you can tell on the on the, on oh, the, yeah. on the webcam. <laughs> yeah, you can. I've, I've been, no, I haven't had a haircut since July, and I've been trimming it myself. <laughs> You know, to keep it off my ears and off my neck, and I have been trimming it. Yes, what's Jay Walton here? If you if you really look close, like the next time I go to the barber, they'll be like, "Holy crap, what happened back here?" There's like 17 different levels to choose from, and you could do one of those cool before and after videos that they do with the homeless people, where they're like, "Look how raggedy he is," and then at the end, it's like. It's the self blend. Yeah, that's what you're all right. You're trying to blend naturally. Look at the look at the neck. It's all like fuzzy. Oh, it's just horrible. dude. It's Wait. Horrible. So, are you gonna go get it professionally done before your big family vacation? Uh, no. that's the plan. I was gonna get it done earlier today, but uh, a podcast was going live that I wanted to listen to, so I just stopped right there and and did that instead. Yeah, Cowboys break gets me every time. I might yeah. have to go with the broadest technique. Just buzz it. Just buzz it. Just just give me the clippers. Just buzz it. I think that's probably what I should do. Dude, but. you looked really good last year when you had to do that. Thank you. Yeah, pull it yeah, off. Yeah, I, I think that's what I'll do. But like grading on a curve, it's, obviously, it's but. so cold in the north that is, it's, it's tough to be without hair up there. Yeah. It, it really is. So I, I don't know. Maybe I'll do that when I get get home from vacation. As uh, we are joined now by the Bills beat writer for one of our favorite football websites, favorite sports websites, the Athletic. It's uh, Joe Biscalia here on one hundred five three The Fan. And a good afternoon, Joe. How the heck are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me today. You got it. Did I nail the last name? Yeah, absolutely perfect. I'm actually shocked because most people think the the G is pronounced in there, but I I am very impressed. Right on, brother. Well, uh, you know we do our our, our uh, homework here. We might look like crap, but we, we did we, some research yeah, here for you, Joe. <laughs> we'll the like light crap. bulb came on a few minutes before you came on. He was like, yeah, you know the the, the G is silent in lasagna. Uh, <laughs> maybe it's the same. <laughs> That's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. Hey, um, how, how confident are you in the Bills here? Are, are you picking a Bills win? And, and what's the town like right now in anticipation of this game? Um, I, I wouldn't say that I would be confident in a Bills victory here, but I, I there is one thing that is infinitely working in their favor, and it's the fact that they just play really well at home over the last two weeks, last two years. They've only lost twice uh, at Highmark Stadium uh, since 2020, the 2022 regular season. I should say regular season games because they lost against Cincinnati in the playoffs last year. But regular season wise, Sean McDermott and and his his team usually uh, shows up really well 
in the confines of their own home. And, you know, the, their last, um, the last time, one of the last times we saw them at Highmark Stadium was a loss to Denver, which brought along the, uh, the firing of off- offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey. So uh, they, they are a much different team since that point. Their offense is playing a lot better. Their defense is kind of like uh, the, uh, the sum is greater than the whole of its parts. Uh, or, and it, it's just, it's one of those, it's one of those uh, kind of hodgepodge defenses that they're kind of getting by with. And it's somehow working for them, especially with how they limited the chiefs last week to only 17 points. So the vibe in Buffalo is just like, I don't know, kind of weirdly cautiously optimistic. I think a, a lot uh, went into their potential hopes and dreams by uh, by the Dolphins blowing that that uh, that game against the Titans, which brings them within two games of the Dolphins in the division, and certainly being in a six-way tie for the AFC Wild Card uh, is is uh, is something that Bills fans are kind of looking forward here to. But but yeah, the the Bills they they love this whole underdog mentality and everything along those lines, and um, and they they're trying to play it up as much as they can against a good Cowboys team coming in. Joe, uh, how big are the losses though on defense with what they're doing with Micah Hyde and and the defensive end there? Is it is it something that uh, that they can get by with, or is there going to have to be some scrambling around to take care of that? Yeah, you know, th- this year it's a lot better for them, especially at safety, because for a couple of different reasons. Uh, last year they had no safety depth whatsoever, and they suffered a long term loss to Hyde last year, who had to get neck surgery actually, and then Jordan Poyer was in and out of the lineup the entire year. And they basically had young guys trying to step in and it, it just didn't go well for them. Uh, this year they went out and in the off season, they signed Taylor Rapp who has a lot of starts under his belt uh, from his time with the Rams, former day two pick. Um, he hasn't been like incredible for the bills, but he's the experience. It, it's been passable for them. And they also, uh, because of their big time injury to their star linebacker, Matt Milano back in gosh, the, the London game, um, back in uh, October when they played the Jaguars, uh, they have had to kind of figure it out from there. And what they have landed on is basically they, they sub out one of their two linebackers on an obvious passing down, sub in a third safety, which is usually Taylor Rapp. So he's getting plenty of game time from one week to the next. So I don't think it's going to be that huge of a, of a downgrade just because Micah Hyde, he hasn't quite been the same player this year. So that, that's tough uh, to a certain degree. Epinesa, the defensive end, he's more of a rotational guy, uh, probably gets somewhere between 25 to 30 snaps a week. He's, he's someone that has provided some good sparks in terms of pass rushing, but uh, he's also been taken advantage of with edge contain. Uh, the Eagles really took it to him in, in that regard. Uh, uh, back in the overtime game, that, that overtime winner by Jalen Hurts was actually on A.J. Epinesa from what I saw in film. So, um, so it's it's a good and bad thing, but I think their biggest losses came earlier in the year with losing Milano, who I mentioned, Daquan Jones, who is having one of his best seasons of his career at defensive tackle, and Tredavious White early on, mm-hmm. which they have since replaced with Razul Douglas, who has been great since the trade deadline. So they they've been like I said, they've been trying to you know hodgepodge this thing together, just get by with with a bunch of different stuff and and see if it sticks. I think we're feeling here in Dallas that the Bills are better than their record indicates, and this is a very scary game for the Cowboys going to Buffalo. What's the feeling with Josh Allen? I mean, obviously the turnovers, Dak, that was the storyline here. Uh, he turns the ball over a ton. For Buffalo perspective, how good is Josh Allen playing right now? 
Yeah, uh, he has looked like a different dude since uh, they changed offensive coordinators. And it took like maybe the, the second or third drive into that first game under Joe Brady. But it, he is starting or he started to look like that guy that can, you know, kind of break a game wide open by, uh, by just absolutely having these ridiculous uh, gains on third and long, these, these unexpected plays where you're like, okay, the, they've got the Bills number on this one. It's third and 14. They're, they're, gonna, they're definitely going to make them uh, get them off the field with a punt. But he just somehow, like last week, for instance, um, he, he goes and turns himself on a third down, butt to the sideline, throws it across his body, and somehow lost it right into the arms of Latavius Murray for a huge third down pickup that went for like a 22, 24-yard gain or something along those lines. They didn't wind up scoring on that drive, but that's just the, that's just the kind of ability and kind of the moxie that he's playing with right now. And it's, he, the confidence is definitely back for him. He's starting to exhibit a little bit more fun, which was a bit of an issue here in Buffalo uh, for a good month or two. And now it's um, now they're really depending on the offense to take them forward because I mentioned all those losses on the defense. It's now the offense and Josh Allen and the passing game that has to get them to the playoffs and advance in the playoffs because back when they were at their absolute best and looking like a real Super Bowl contender, it was back in the 2021 season when they, the offense was just playing absolute lights out. Same thing with Josh Allen and they, they near very nearly went into Kansas city and won that game. We all, we all know that is the 13 seconds game, but, uh, but that was their best team by far so far. And they're feeling good about the offense and cautiously optimistic with guys like James cook, Stefan Diggs, obviously Dalton Kincaid, the rookie tight end, uh, they, and their offensive line is playing as well as they ever have in front of Josh Allen. Yeah, Joe, you you mentioned James cook. That That is from a Dallas Cowboys perspective. That's the guy I'm terrified of right now. I just feel like that Buffalo is going to say, and we've seen it with Joe Brady, he's a little bit more committed to trying to run the football than his predecessor there, Ken Dorsey. So if I'm a Cowboy fan, I, I, I would be terrified of James Cook. Yeah, James Cook is kind of developing into the guy that the Bills have been trying to find over the last few years. They've wanted the skill set to be able to run between the tackles, which you wouldn't think that James Cook would be able to do that because he's, you know, 10 pounds shy of the 200 pound mark. And that's usually where teams are looking for with that. But he's also got just incredible uh, route running and pass catching skills that really helps him. The confusing part about how they use James Cook is they only had him play 45% of the snaps in a close game last week against the Chiefs, which mm. it just kind of boggles my mind. And it's, it's something that, that I've been talking about a lot the last few weeks. It's just, it seems like they're just mixing in Latavius Murray uh, just to do it, even though he's not as impactful. Uh, there, there was one drive uh, at the end of the first half where they played Latavius Murray exclusively, and that was already after James Cook was averaging 12.5 yards per touch on nine touches to that yeah. point in the game. So it's just they need to really find themselves a little bit more, really commit themselves to James Cook, and if they do, he could have a huge game again. He's one of those guys that um, is one of their, by, by leaps and bounds, one of their top three playmakers uh ball uh, ball catchers on uh on offense along with him uh, along with Stefan Diggs and I'll say Dalton Kincaid the rookie tight end so those three guys 
could have a big impact this week. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Diggs, just his general productivity and, and where things stand with him and Josh Allen. I know the, the relationship felt a little bit weird, at least in the offseason. Where do things stand with Diggs and Allen and where he fits in the offense? Yeah, Steph is Steph is uh, good with with because they're winning, and and that's that's all it's uh, it's boiling down to at this point. Now, if they were losing and he wasn't getting the ball, then you know maybe he would a little bit be a little bit more frustrated. Um, but it's it, I think he's he's really kind of a misunderstood guy, um, and and you know there was that huge thing in in the in the spring workouts, and I think there was a little bit of a miscommunication between the organization and him. Uh, but it, it really didn't seem like it was that big of a deal uh, after, you know, that one random day where um, where Sean McDermott said he was very concerned that uh, that Diggs wasn't at a mandatory minicamp. But outside of that, it's been the, the relationship has gotten right back on track to where it is. It, it's now a really big piece of the puzzle as to how they operate with Diggs receiving a lot of attention because, the biggest reason that maybe he hasn't been as impactful is because their secondary pass catching options at receiver just have not been good enough this year. Gabe Davis has zero catches for zero yards in three of his last five games. And he has started every single game and he is playing somewhere between 80 to 95% of snaps each and every week. That's just inexcusable, not good enough. And of course there's going to be more attention paid to Steph Diggs because of it. So now they're in a, they're in a world where, they have to figure out how to get Diggs involved, make sure teams aren't taking him away, specifically on third downs, and get creative with it a little bit. So we saw last week a few more wide receiver screens thrown to him to try and get him get him into it. Uh, I'm sure the Bills are really hoping for some man-to-man coverage on on third downs from you know whether it be Stephon Gilmore or Dron Bland because they would like that matchup no matter what if it's a one-on-one with Diggs. Joe Biscaglia with us here in the G-Bag Nation, covers the Bills for the Athletic. What's uh, going on with Sean McDermott right now? Is he on the hot seat at all? No, no. He is uh, He is uh, completely good in Buffalo. The ownership loves him. Um, he is by, by far been their most winningest head coach in quite some time. And uh, just for background, I've been covering this team since 2010, so I've seen some stuff. Chan Gailey, uh, <laughs> Doug Marone, oh, Rex boy. Ryan, interims like um, Anthony Lynn. Uh, oh gosh, who was who was the interim for for uh, for Chan Gailey? I can't even remember. But there, there has been a lot of turnover in Buffalo, and their their owner Terry Pagula came on board right when Doug Marone was around. And Doug Marone opted out of his contract in 2014. So then they go and hire Rex Ryan. And that was just a clown show for, for a couple of years. Um, from that point forward, uh, they hired Sean McDermott and it's been a stabilizing force. He, they have made the playoffs in five of McDermott's six seasons, including the last four. They've been a regular season, uh, just a superb team. It would really take a lot for McDermott to get unseated. And because they're seven and six, Got, they have a look at the playoffs. They're pro- if they don't win this week, they're probably going to win the, the following two weeks at L.A. against Easton Stick and the Chargers and then home against the Patriots. So they're going to have a good look at this thing. So I think he's perfectly fine. Was it Perry Fuel? Perry Fuel is the one. Yeah, very go. nice guy, by the way. Hey, uh, Joe, how's the tailgating scene these days? Are, are the fans still jumping off RVs? Oh, I mean, it's water is wet. Bill's fans go through tables. That's what, that's what, that's what happens here. Um, it's, 
is really never going to relent, especially with this being a, a pretty big game coming up here. It's kind of a later kickoff, so people don't have to get up quite as early, uh, <laughs> which they're not really used to here in Buffalo. Usually it's a one o'clock start and, uh, and people getting to the tailgate around 7, 7.30, 8 a.m. So I think people are going to be uh, nice and ready. And it's not even supposed to be that bad of weather. I mean, I, I think I saw it somewhere in the 40s, which is a balmy day this time of year. So it's uh, uh, all, uh, all forces go from a tailgating perspective, I'm sure. Did you grow up in Buffalo? I did. I did. I was, I was not a Bills fan growing up or, or anything like that. So it kind of worked out for the, for the job perspective. But, you know, I, I have seen some, some things in those uh, tailgating parking lots. That's for sure. Yeah. We own you guys in hockey, by the way. I just want to let you know that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not a Sabres fan either. So, oh, geez. So what are you doing, there? Joe? What sports do you like, Joe? Oh, I, I'm, I'm huge in the NBA. Uh, okay. I, I love, nice. I love the premier league. I you know basically yeah, I'm just I'm just kind of an off the wall guy. I have league pass. I watch it all the time. It's just hey, that's I, I like the sports that nobody else around here does. Big Canadian football fan there, Joe. <laughs> oh, CFL, sure. I feel you, Joe. I'm a soccer fan in Texas. Oh, let's go. Yes, sir. All right. Have a great uh, Have a great weekend. Enjoy the game. Awesome report, man. We'll catch you up with you some other time. Maybe the Super Bowl. Sounds great. Sounds there. great. Thanks, guys. There he goes. With you here in the G-Bag Nation, your main man, Joe. Dude, Joe's killing it. Joe Biscalia, Bill's beat writer for The Athletic with some incredible insights there. Appreciate he it. He did. Did a nice job. Okay. Uh, Wooly Bully's top 10 coming up next. Where are you taking us, buddy? Well, I put out the poll, and uh, the Tolos voted, and they want top 10 Cowboys, Bills games of all time. I'll give that to you as we take a trip down memory lane. That's next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply after the end of a good fight you deserve an ice cold reward Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
This well, segment of the yeah. of the G-Bag Nation is brought to you by Frankel and Frankel. Life is unpredictable and accidents happen. Frankel and Frankel are the go-to attorneys for car and truck wrecks in the DFW. And if your loved one has been injured in an accident, contact Frankel and Frankel for a free consultation at truckwreck.com or call 214 or 817-333-3333. Thank you, Riga Winfrey Lucius. I'll be out next week uh, heading to Oregon to see the family, and I'm hoping to get some sledding in. You know, that's the Ooh, that's the best thing. Yes. When you get some, and, and they live on a hill Here's that's the just... Season. That's just sweet. It is. You can get a good running start and a jump, and whew, away you go. Here's Woolchuck with your uh, top 10 for 2020. Thank you very much. Good work there, Rigo. I wasn't sure if Rigo would have that ready, but he did. Rigo in his bag today. He, confident man. He told me before the show he had more respect for your segments than he did mine. And I was hey, like, I'm I deep in it, my Rigo. bag like the fries are at the bottom. Thank you very much, sir. <laughs> well done there, Rigo. Shout out yeah. to uh, I like fries. all the peeps in town yeah. for the state championships at AT&T Stadium. We've already got one championship here in DFW, Anna. With a victory earlier, and then Belleville and Gilmer in a really good one, 28-20. Gilmer leading at half. We got Alito later tonight hosting Smithson Valley, and then tomorrow it's the Big Dogs, boys, as we've got another Duncanville-Galena Park North Shore rematch. It's like number six or seven in a row. It's crazy. Quite the tradition. Summer Creek taking on DeSoto, looking to make it back-to-back. And then how about Sock going for the three-peat against Port? Come on, South Oak Cliff. Noches Grove, so... I'm rooting for Gilmer here pretty good. They beat Sunnyvale in a thriller 41-38 last month on their path to the championship. I think Sunnyvale's got something for him next year, though, Woolchuck. Let's go Sunnyvale. strong program out there. And hopefully we get the DFW trifecta tomorrow with Soto, Duncanville, Sock. I'll get in that victory. Is that a new program out there with Sunnyvale? No, it's been around for a while. Has it? It's uh, growing now. It's moving up the classifications. Yeah, they've, had oh, okay. some, they've had some ups and downs, but they got a group of sophomores now and then some 8th and ninth graders that are pretty badass. I think our time is coming, the golden era. The Golden Era is here. And I believe it because Anna was also a program that was, man, they weren't competing for state championships. Now look at them. The growth that they've had. Sunnyvale could very well be up next. Melissa, we've seen the growth they've had as well. 877-881-1053. Give me your favorite Bills Cowboys memories. Before we hit that, I did have some audio. I know you love Julian Edelman's Bill Belichick impression, Gavin. He did yeah. it again on with Up and Adams with Gronk. So let's just savor some jewels. He'd always highlight stupidness of... You know, what's going around <laughs> the league at that time and, and how there's high alert of you can get in trouble, what not to do, what to do. And, you know, I, I could just see him right now, you know, putting up a picture of, of Rob and me and saying, you know, look, look, this is our, these are our so-called <laughs> superstars. <laughs> look at them. <laughs> like, we can't even we can't even practice. We're on television, Julian. <laughs> oh, are we on TV? Oh, I thought this was internet. It's okay. It's both. I'm so sorry. No, you're great. I'm I think so it's great. sorry. I, don't, I didn't mean to interrupt you. We, I'm, we, we still we, uh, we well, go it's, for it. It's done. Oh, it's, well, well, you, 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 you killed it. <laughs> <laughs> Just an awesome exchange. We need more of this. Uh, and, and shout out to, to Kay for having both Julian Edelman and Gronk. But I think that they should branch off and just do their own show. I think that'd be hilarious. Just meatheads talking ball. Yes. Yes. I, I do find Edelman to be pretty dang funny. His Belichick is phenomenal. We know his Randy Moss. His Randy Moss might be a number touch, one. A touch more limited there. Like little, his Belichick, I think he could go on like a full, he could do a speech yeah. as Bill. He's got that thing dialed, but that's funny. He's like, oh, I didn't, I had no, I had no idea. idea. <laughs> okay, Adams, I didn't know you were this much of a superstar. Shout out to Kay. All right, let's get to uh, the top 10 games of Bills Cowboys. Shout out to DallasCowboys.com putting this together in their Rankum series. 
We start with number 10, and this is the most recent meeting between both teams. It was Thanksgiving at AT AT&T Stadium. Cole Beasley from nearby Little Elm, Texas, spent, of course, his first seven seasons with the Cowboys, and then he went to Buffalo. We actually got him on that year, and he was probably one of the worst interviews we've ever had in the history of uh, doing radio together, Eric. I'm sorry, who was this? Cole Beasley. Oh, Cole Beasley. Yes, I dude. remember how mad Zero was. Zero, Zero was, well, Zero Zero was so pumped because he booked Cole. Yeah, and then he, he tried. came he, on I the mean, home Z- of the Cowboys yeah. and said, I don't want to talk at all about the Cowboys. Yeah. I'm going like, well, to go amazing. find some of those drops or some of those little moments. Eric asked him Zero, about the, man. the women in Texas and Buffalo, and he's like, you know, Buffalo's got beautiful people, man. In the inside, <laughs> you can't. But Cole, yeah. Be- Cole Beasley can be awkward. You know, he, it was he, awkward. A little standoffish. It's tricky. He might be one of the trickier Cowboy interviews over the years. It wasn't good. It was Not like, as tricky as Novacek, but close. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you know Novacek's taking the food, right? Salute. Uh, either way, Cowboys lost. Chops out of there. That, yeah. They literally made the joke the other night whenever I was doing the, the Cowboy crosstalk, yeah. like anything but the tomahawk. Really? Yeah. I was like, well, crap. I was going to get the tomahawk. I guess I'll have to change the, the play at three. the line of scrimmage here. Took one for the dog. Man. See, that's the thing. I, I would have been respectful. I would have just taken one tomahawk. I would have yeah. only cost the business, you know, upwards of $150. You did a fine job. I listened. You did a really, yeah, he you was good. ruining it for everybody. Oh, thank everybody you, was bros. surprised you picked Buffalo, though. That was good. I need to pull CA's reaction to that Wait, just what? for the spank bank. No, oh, no, I'm sorry? No, yeah. Are you, what? <laughs> you misspoke. You just said the Bills were going to win. <laughs> Fix your and pick you gave, now. And you gave, like, a really good reason why. I was kind of like, <laughs> of course. I was doing, I was doing that. Kind of nod my head like, yeah. Well, right, I just yeah. took all the, the bullet points from Krusty's Corner from nah, earlier in the whatever. day, and then I just applied them to, you know, them. I just made it seem like yeah. it was my thoughts. It's a good play. Whatever. 110 yards receiving for Cole Beasley that day with a touchdown. Bills 126-15 on Turkey Day. We go to Texas Stadium, 1976. Brian, were you there? I was probably there. November 15th. I, I guarantee I was there. Cowboys get the win 17-10. First Monday night meeting between these two teams. And it had the makings of the blowout of a blowout as the Bills fumbled four times. Joe Ferguson, but managed to recover each one of them. Yeah, what the hell's going on? Because of that, the final score remained close at seventeen to ten as the Cowboys got the win. Drew Pearson had one hundred and thirty-five yards catching and Fr- a touchdown. Friend of the show, absolutely. Uh, he was fantastic in that game. All right, here's another one for you, Brian. Were you there? Nineteen eighty-four, Rich Stadium, fourteen to three. Bills got the win here. 38 degrees, wind chill of 29 degrees, Hmm. which made trying to tackle running back Greg Bell just an absolute beating. They ran the ball for 206 yards. He scored two rushing touchdowns to beat the Cowboys. Cowboys just had 78 yards on the ground. If that happens this Sunday, Cowboys ain't winning. No. They got to do a better job of that and limiting the the Bills. 1984 is in Baton Rouge. Okay, yeah, so Greg Bell can run for 200 yards against them this Sunday. They're going to have real issues. Yes. No, Greg, oh, man. I, hopefully Greg's still around. <laughs> He's ready to answer the bell. 1981, Texas Stadium. Were you there? 1981? Cowboys get the Probably win 27-14. So. I was there. They were down 14-7 after two quarters. It was Monday Night Football again. Then they scored 20 unanswered in the third. The onslaught was started by Tony Dorsett. He held in a short pass, took it all the way to the house. 73 yards, rumbling, stumbling, bumbling. For the touchdown for the future Hall of Famer who carried the Cowboys to victory. There was no stumbling when Dorsett. 81. That he was, was gliding. A, was yeah. that a Danny White game? Probably it was the, Danny White game. He yeah. was the starting quarterback. Yes, sir. 12 playoff wins, I think, for Danny White. All time. Got to see him the other day. He, he, gets, he gets left out. He does. Yeah, yeah. Well, unfortunately because he of win no, a Super Bowl. no Super Bowls. 
We go to 2011. This was a Cowboy blowout victory. Tony Romo at then Cowboy Stadium, 44-7. Romo came out firing on all cylinders, throwing three touchdown passes before Buffalo was even on the board, with two of those going to... Jason Witten. T.O. Oh, Miles Austin. Ooh, 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 ooh. Uh, uh... Uh, Robinson. Laurent Robinson. Good pull. Laurent Robinson with two touchdown passes there. DeMarco Murray also had 135 yards and a touchdown. Uh, You had Terrence Newman with a 43-yard pick six as well. Wow. That game was just an onslaught. What year was that? 2011. It might have been T-News last year. Had to be, dude. Crazy. Because it was like the next year, I think, that Mike Evans uh, just drilled him (laughs) into the Cincinnati Bengals turf. I don't think Terrence Newman's gotten up from that. Mm. It was the most amazing wide receiver block I've ever seen, where he just he just bulldozed him for like twenty yards, and then the the, the finisher <laughs> of pickup and slam into the turf. Crazy. Number five, we go to 1993, 13 to ten. Bills come into Texas Stadium. They get revenge after getting whooped in oh, the no Super Bowl. Oh, no Emmett Smith. No Emmett Smith. He was still holding out. Cowboys fall to 0-2. And if memory serves, this is when Charles Haley went to the locker room, threw his helmet, created a hole in the locker room, and said, we can't win without Emmett. Yeah. Looked right at Jerry. Yeah. And then what happened? They gave Emmett the deal. They came out. They went on to win the Super Bowl. MVP. We do need a little somebody in there to, if they if it doesn't come together this time, to be like, we can't win without real linebackers. Okay. Gosh, dang it. <laughs> I know they're not the most valuable position anymore, but we can't have broken people and safeties play this job. Okay? Crying out loud. Let's get some linebacker help. 1971, War Memorial Stadium, Brian. Cowboys win 49-37 to over Buffalo. This was a September game, so you didn't have to deal with anything uh, in terms of weather. But O.J. Simpson yeah. ran for 25 yards on just four, on 14 carries on that, 1.8 yards a carry. Cowboys defense beat him down on that one. They bottled up the juice. Calvin Hill ran for four touchdowns for the Cowboys in that game. Shout out to Calvin Hill. There's a Grant Hill doc coming out, by the way. A lot of Calvin Hill in it. It's pretty cool. That'll be great. Number three, and this might be one of the craziest Cowboy games I remember ever watching. 2007. Yes. Monday night football. There's a lot of Monday night games here. 25-24, Cowboys win. Tear their ass off. This was a miracle type game. Cowboys down 24-16. They get the ball back with 3.45 left in the game. Tony Romo gets a pass uh, for a touchdown. They get a little bit closer, right? They end up needing an onside kick. They get the ball back at the 47-yard line of Buffalo. They recover it. Nick Folk has to come out. This is like a five-interception game from Tony Romo, by the way. Nick Folk comes out. It's a 53-yard field goal. Bangs it home once. Wait a second. Timeout. Dick Geron, my old buddy. Timeout. Yeah, Dick Geron yeah. called the timeout. Go out. do it again, Nick Folk, who's a rookie at the time, wearing earrings, repping them. Goes out there, bangs it home a second time. Was even better the second time. Cowboys steal a win, 25-24. Five right bucks. Banger. Ten bucks. I'll, go, I'll get ten bucks. You can tell me who the broadcasting crew was on that Monday night game. Oh, was that Theismann? And, yep. uh, or was that um, Tony Kornheiser? Tony Kornheiser. Dennis Miller. Rush Limbaugh. Tony Kornheiser was one. It was Tony Kornheiser, Jaws, and Mike Tirico. There you go. That's regrettable. That dude. Top. They two. were hunting there for a while for some. Yeah, they worked. were. And then I mean, then they went with Sean McDonough. That was. A I remember that fail. Buffalo game well though. It was that game and then a Steelers game where Tony had a bunch of picks and that narrative started spinning up really yeah. good. And that Deshae Townsend with the pick six. He threw yeah. that one touchdown to T.O. in the back of the end zone. It was a host. Man, that was that was the game they should have won. And I think he was trying to get Jason Witten. And then Deshae Townsend picks it off and runs it into the end zone for the touchdown uh, for the Steelers. But you're right. That's exactly where the legend started. Cowboys-Bills. 
This is the second Super Bowl at the Georgia Dome. Super Bowl 28, 30-13. Emmett, of course, gets MVP, 132 yards, a couple of touchdowns. They were down 13-6 at half, and then they decided, you know what, we should probably give the ball to that 22 guy. Mm. Ended up working well. James Washington was fantastic in that game, too. Straight up. But number one, best Cowboys-Bills game ever. Not good for the Bills, great for us. Rose Bowl, Super Bowl 27, 52-17. Cowboys go out and just beat the crap out of the Bills in the Super Bowl. Troy Aikman, your MVP, 273 yards, four touchdowns, and they could have had the record for most points in a Super Bowl. Leon Lett. Leon Lett. Oh, the Leon. The guy Don Beebe went after, hunted Just, him down. He, it was a great play by Don, but yeah. uh, that was one of those touchbacks. Didn't count. Maybe if they changed the rule, then Cowboys would have had an opportunity. Thank you, Wolchuk. Uh, we're going to step aside here real quick because we had Rangers news today. You know, yesterday they signed Molly. Today they learned Scherzer is going to be out for about half the season as Sands joins you. Our Rangers insider is next in the GPAC Nation. I want to chat DNM leasing, though. Does your vehicle have the latest and greatest technology and safety features on board? You know, wet day like this, you might be wondering, do I have the good brakes? Do I have good tires? Is it time for a new vehicle? If it is, call my friends at DNM Leasing right now. They have the easy lease available for you. It's the easiest process, plus you save a bunch of money. There's nothing down, nothing due till well into 2024. So you can get that new vehicle of your dreams. Just go ahead and, and put the keys under the tree or, you know, maybe on on the tree like an ornament. I don't know how you want to do it, but the, the present's for you. You know, even if you, you don't celebrate Christmas, everybody could use a new vehicle this time of year. And DNM Leasing has the best way to do it. Okay, so just think of what make and model you want and call DNM Leasing. Tell them what you want. Tell them what you're trading in. They'll give you the highest trade-in value possible, and they'll also give you payments up to 50% less compared to buying because with the easy lease from DNM Leasing, we only pay for the part of the vehicle we're going to use, and then we turn it back in for a new one. Every two and a half, three years for me in the Dawson household, we have three easy leases in the driveway every night because it's an amazing way to get vehicles, and we like saving money on the monthly payment as well without having to go like seven years and 84 months. That's what you got to do on a purchase these days to get a low enough payment because the interest rates have skyrocketed, and so have new vehicle prices there thanks to the inflation. So uh, call DNM 972 or 817-35-LEASE. Go to dmautoleasing.com. This segment of the G-Bag Nation is brought to you by Classic Chevrolet. Classic Chevrolet is leading the way to finish the year number one in America. They're racing hard with year-end savings in on over 400 Silverados. Shop them all at ClassicChevrolet.com. This is Texas. This is Classic Chevrolet. Find new roads and relax and enjoy the difference. Thank you, Rigo. In for Lucius today. It's a proper football Friday. Uh, what you drink and what you think is coming up at 520. And Nick Harris, DallasCowboys.com is coming up in 12 minutes. We'll talk Cowboys bills with him. But Jared Sandler joins you now here for a a little segment of uh, uh, round tripper around the bases. Uh, and Sans, we had big news today uh, as uh, Max Scherzer is, is going to be out following back surgery. How the heck you doing? Uh, I, I guess I'm doing better than Max Scherzer's back. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that was, I mean, I, I, it's tough to know whether that should be a surprise or not. If this was in season, we're getting updates, right? We're getting yeah. updates a week out, two weeks out, three weeks out. We're learning, Hey, things aren't really progressing, but because, this happened at the very end of the season. 
know, it was one of those things where Max was almost left on the roster, right? So you're thinking, okay, well, if he almost was left on the World Series roster, then you know, it, it should be okay. But it's sort of out of sight, out of mind. And so, uh, you know, this, uh, this update was definitely a surprise to folks. Uh, you know, I, I've been asked a lot, well, why did he wait? Well, you know, I, I know that a lot of times it's easy when you're not the, the person uh, with the injury to just, hey, just get the surgery. You know, you'll be back sooner. But surgery is not easy, uh, especially a back surgery. And so I think the, the hope was, hey, rest, recover, rehab, he'd be okay. Uh, that just it, it didn't play out that way. I think the, the you know, the, the pain certainly didn't go away. You know, to what degree it increased, I'm not sure but his back wasn't in a place where uh, he was demonstrating enough progress to just leave it be. And so uh, surgery and, you know, the Rangers, the Rangers have two uh, Cy Young award-winning pitchers who will come back in the second half. And then a guy in Tyler Malley, who uh, from 21 through 22 is one of the top 20 pitchers in, in major league baseball coming back in the second half. The question is, what are the Rangers going to do in the first half? That's the, yeah. the, uh, that's the big crux right now that they've got to try and solve. And how good will those three be? Like, I don't know what you can count on. Do you feel like they need to sign or trade for somebody else between now and surprise to, to have an opening day rotation in sight? Well, I, I think let's, let's start with this, Gavin. So right now, let's answer this question for people wondering, well, who are the guys right now who would be in the rotation? So you got John Gray, you got Nathan Avaldi, you got Dane Dunning, Andrew Heaney, and Cody Bradford we're assuming health, right? So you got to prepare for the fact that one of those guys might get, you know, dinged or or dented along the way. Doesn't have to be significant, but maybe something happens. They're not ready to go when the season starts. You know, it always plays out that way. There's always that one guy at team. All right. Well, now you look at the depth. Owen White did not have the type of year last year that would, you know, give you confidence that he's an option who could be ready uh, when the season starts at the major league level, Jack Leiter did start to show signs of progress towards the end of the year that, that leads you to be optimistic that he'll be a contributing member of the team in 2024, but probably not right away. Obviously we know uh, Zach Kent, a guy who's dealt with injuries. Uh, and then, you know, Kamar Rocker's the name that, that gets brought up, but people forget Tommy John. He's not mm-hmm. going to be an option. So uh, Yes, Gavin, that, that's a long way of answering. Yes, the Rangers absolutely need to make moves. And I do think that they're going to make not just one, but multiple moves. It could be a depth option, you know, not someone who's going to really excite you. But the Rangers, I, I still think, are well positioned to make a trade uh, to try and acquire uh, to try and acquire a starting pitcher who will truly make this rotation uh, take a step in the right direction. And as far as, you know, your answer to or your your question about how will those guys be, I mean, Tough to know, right? I, I do have a lot of confidence that Jacob DeGrom will come back and be effective. Uh, and I have a lot of – I'm actually – I have a lot of confidence uh, that he'll be really effective in 2025. That doesn't help for 2024. But, you know, once he distances himself even more so from the surgery. The back with Max Scherzer, you know, the one thing that, that we've learned about him, he's one of these guys who he's going to figure out every – every little inch he can in the margins to try and make himself as competitive as can be. Uh, and Tyler Malley, same thing, you know, coming back, uh, same thing as DeGrom coming back from a Tommy John. I, I, you know, you can't rely on all those guys to be as good as they possibly can be. I do think you're going to get solid production from those guys, but the Rangers definitely are in a position where they probably need to make another move to fortify their rotation. Should we stop dreaming about the return of Jordan Montgomery? I, I don't want to say stop dreaming, but I would say 
if your expectations are that it's going to happen, I would lower the expectations. I, I, I don't know the dollars and cents of, you know, the TV stuff. I do know that long-term uh, the Rangers and a lot of other teams are going to be very well positioned financially, but it's, it's, it seems like it's going to be a take a step back to take several steps forward. And unfortunately that take a step back might mean, uh, you know, a little tighter budget this off season with the uncertainty of what's going on. And, is that impacting their pursuit of Jordan Montgomery? Yeah, probably. Is it impacting their pursuit of other guys who might command salaries, you know, in that range? Yeah, absolutely. Now, let's not forget the Rangers spent a whole lot of money the last two off seasons. Mm-hmm. All right, let's not, you know, let's not start this narrative. Oh, they're, you know, they're they're playing like a small market team. They're poor, this and that. Uh, you know, I, I think they want to make sure that in this unknown world of the the TV situation, they're not, you know, financially hamstrung. There might be more clarity when it's too late this offseason, but not too late to make moves within the season and in the trade market. Uh, And I do think ultimately the Rangers are going to come out in a financially strong position. It just might not be this offseason. You know, that's the message that's been delivered to a lot of these owners. uh, But, you know, how you play in the dark until then is, is, you know, tough to figure out. Uh, Beyond that, I do think the Rangers have the capacity if they want to sign Jordan Montgomery they can. It's just a matter of, is this how they want to spend their dollars? Because depth is a big part of, uh, you know, any team success. It was a big part of this team's success. And, you know, would you rather stretch that money out to build depth or do you, do you want to get it to, uh, to bring back one player? I, you know, I think those are the questions they have to answer. Um, I do think he's an option. He's not signed yet. There are other teams who are facing a similar, uh, similar challenge. But if you're asking me, is this like a, greater than 50% proposition, I, I'd probably say no on that. Well, Jarrett, with the long, if it goes long, then wouldn't that be your hope? You want this thing to drag for him as long as possible, sure. right? Yeah, and, okay. absolutely. And after oh, the ahead. news, but after the news you've heard today, now do you say, okay, now we go to plan B. You know, we now we have to, you know, you mentioned about trading or getting, I mean, you might not have wanted to have done this to start, but now with, you know, with Scherzer and others being on the on the injured list, doesn't this kind of accelerate things just maybe a little bit more? I think I think what you have to do, Broadus, is you have to protect yourself, right? So, Absolutely, yes. You yes. Do, yeah, you, you do need to, you know, I, I don't want to say be aggressive, and, and it's not like if they don't make a move in the next four days, they're, you know, they're in a really bad spot. But I do think you need to be aggressive to try and uh, try and fortify that. Now, there's a leverage play here, right? You know, right. agents know this. And so you don't want to be too eager. But, yeah, I, I do think that's smart. Now, the beauty of it is we're not talking about the quarterback position. We're not talking right. about, uh, you know, a, a, a position in a sport where you really only have room for one guy. So you can still you can still play both, right? And, and you made a great point at the beginning. I don't know how long uh, the, the Montgomery market is going to drag out. You know, I've heard some people say that once Yamamoto signs, that's, that's likely going to be – I guess it could be the Dodgers or one of the big market East coast teams that, uh, you know, that might then set off a domino effect for guys like Jordan Montgomery. And, uh, and, 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 and you might start seeing them go off the board, but the longer that's delayed, I guess more chance that there's more clarity on the, the TV side. And maybe that adds some more clarity on the financial side of things with what the Rangers and other teams want to do. Uh, and, and again, I want to make something clear. While I don't know this to be fact from the sense I'm not in these meetings, I don't believe that the Rangers, like if, if you told them, hey, Jordan Montgomery, 25, he's the last free agent on the planet. 
you can sign him $25 million a year. I don't think the Rangers would look and say, we can't, like, we don't have the funds. This isn't like a Deion Sanders Colorado situation where he's like, where they don't have the money, but they, they feel like they're going to get it in donations. They've got the money. It's just a matter of, is this the way they want to spend the money? And, and I'd also say this to people uh, listening. I, I think, let's say the Rangers didn't have any financial constraints. I think they'd be interested in Jordan Montgomery, but sure. I don't think it's like a slam dunk he'd be back. I do think there are baseball reasons why they are having that discussion internally. Do we want this guy or, or do we not? Just like there are with any pitcher north yeah. of 30, uh, you're having those discussions. So I think that's another thing to consider. Whenever you win a World Series or a championship or you make a deep run with a team, you fall in love with a guy. Like I'll, I'll never forget when the Mavs made that run uh, – post championship with Monte Ellis, like Mavs fans for like a period of time fell in love with Monte Ellis. And there was, he was like untouchable. He was so great, blah, blah, blah. And then that shine wore off really quickly. You, you get connected, you get attached to players when your team has success. That's a part of the beauty of being a sports fan. But I think sometimes you take a step back and realize, Hey, there are, there aren't just pros for these guys. There are cons as well. And I think the Rangers are trying to balance those and weigh those when it comes to Jordan Montgomery. We got to run Sands, but I, I think if they need some extra cash, they just need to look at what the Dodgers did with Otani and, and get some of that deferred money coming in. Wait until hey, the TV I, deals it, back it, and pumping. That, that, that is an interesting precedent. I'm curious to see how contracts are shaped for years to come because of it. Shoot. Yeah. Have a great weekend and we'll catch up with you soon. See you guys. Thanks. Happy holidays to the great Jared Sandler. He's at Jared Sandler on Twitter. I've started saying uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to people as appropriate as uh, I'm out of here. You know, this is my last show before the holiday uh, trip. So happy holiday to you, sir. Merry Christmas to you, sir, as well. Um, As Nick Harris, DallasCowboys.com, he's set to join us and give us his thoughts as he's been breaking down Cowboys bills, and he'll tell you what you need to know next in the nation. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.